Hey there, and welcome to the Sermon Podcast for Timberlake Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Our mission is to reach, feed, and release people to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You can learn more at our website, TimberlakeUMC.org. We hope you enjoy today's message. I welcome all of you that are here within this space, call our Family Life Center. And I welcome all of you that are in your homes. I suppose maybe the weather kind of deterred you from what, we had a pretty big hard rain there for a while here. So I welcome you. I'm going to move off my page for just a moment, those of you that are working in the AV. Um, I met a new couple today, a woman and her son. And she looked at me and she says, I know you, but I don't know where from. And so let me just end the mystery. For those of you that have thought I know you but don't remember, I'm I'm Miss Elder from years ago at Brookville Middle School. I taught there for 35 years. Nod your head if you're one of my kids. Yeah, they're everywhere. And I loved my job and I teasingly said, you know, after 35 years, I got pretty good at it. But the church called me here. And so I came in 2005 and have been since. So I'm Miss Elder, but now currently Mrs. Holt. And this extension, he's extension. And I will share real quickly a little personal privilege here. Um, I know many of you have prayed for my husband. He had real serious back surgery on the 2nd of August. And it was his hope to be here this morning to support me. But he's at home watching on TV. So hi, honey, I'll be home shortly after starting point. I got a few things to do here. Okay, enough of this. This is the fifth week of our series entitled, We Are the Church. Easy to realize that the building and the bushes aren't the church. Not even the crosses or the pastor's desk are the church. Church is a noun, but the church is really us. All our passions and our gifts, all our relationships with God, and each of us of every age, every style, and every fashion. As the church, we must be generational. God's promise to his people is not always for the immediate moment in time. My life group that meets on, a little advertising here, my life group that meets on Mondays from 1 to 2.30, we're studying a book and it talks about misused verses of the Bible. And the one that we talked about a couple of weeks ago was from Jeremiah. And the prophecy was that the Lord said that we would be promised prosperity and protection. That sounds great. Prosperity and protection. But the prophecy, though, was spoken and not to be fulfilled for 70 years. Most of those people weren't going to know that day, were they? But they had to lean into God, lean into their faith, and realize that the generations to come would be fulfilled with prosperity and protection. And it is the same kind of fulfillment that we must show all generations if we're going to prosper as a vibrant vibrant church. We, the church, must be people of all ages to remain living and vibrant. When generations are missing, the works of God don't get told and don't get completed. Hear the scripture again. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. I had one on the staff remind me this past week that commends really is commands. This is not a command. This is a commandment that God gives to us to share his works and tell of his mighty acts. 
A vibrant church needs babies and seniors and every age in between. How can the children learn about Bible stories without adults to tell them? How can the adults grow in God's better wisdom without the vision and experience of seniors? Every generation relies on another. You see, the problems would happen if a, miss, if a missing generation was there. The management and maintenance of the physical church would decline. Missions and programs would diminish without the staff and volunteers to do the man hours. No vacation Bible school to organize without children. Attendance would drop and the energy to enthuse guests and other members just wouldn't happen. The love of Jesus is still alive within that church. They're holding on. But the struggle is huge. And you know how the story could end. Three of us recently sang at a church locally that I spent 35 years of my adult life at. And I looked upon that church. It used to be 150, 170 people. And there was a small gathering. But I saw two children and those two children were grandchildren of grandma who brought them to church because mom and dad were on a vacation so grateful for that grandma who brought those two babies those two children to church another church in the area he took his granddaughter and said well i need to leave my little one in the nursery so he doesn't disturb worship well, I'm sorry, we don't have a nursery. You'll have to stay with your child. That ended that visiting, didn't it? So where do we line up with this generation standard? Our church's management system called Planning Center does a, a bar graph with age groups. Ah, there it is. I know you can't read the numbers. I know you can't read the words. That wasn't the point. What I want you to see is that Every age group has people. There isn't a missing bar in that graph. All the way to the side of the 0 through 11s and then 12 through 18 and 19 to 64 and age of 65. Oh my goodness. This doesn't represent the attendance of today. But it's all of those that know where Timberlake is. They've come to this church at some point and have registered an event or in worship. So it's our job to work on some of these missing people. I don't have actual numbers of what really is, but how proud we must be that we have anywhere from 50 to 75 children in this worship alone and then add a few others from the 9 o'clock service. Some, many churches would just glorify the event that they would have maybe even 15 children. And here we are with as many as 70. I also want to highlight the two large Sunday school classes of seniors. They meet after the 9 o'clock worship service, and there's probably 40 in each one of the groups. So the seniors are here and becoming stronger in their faith. I want to stray away a little bit. I had a health and wellness test a couple weeks ago. How many have had that? A health and wellness test? And they ask you, I want, I'm going to give you three words, and I don't want you to forget them, right? Okay? And so she says to me, sister, mountains, and heaven. 
She had no idea that my sister died in 2019. She lives in the mountains. And I know that she is with God. So my three words were pretty easy to remember. Sister, mountain, and heaven. All right, so I'm going to trick, test you all a little bit. I'm going to give you three words. But I'm, going to let, I'm going to cheat with you. I'm going to give you a letter to remember it by. The first word is relationships. R. The second word is impact. I. And the third is teaching, which is T. All right, let's test this. Take the slide away. Don't let them cheat. Okay, R. You said it. I. Ooh. And T. I think they passed their will. Now, don't forget them because we're going to use it later on. Let's try this again. R. I. T. If I did it backwards, T. I. R. Raise your hands. Say hallelujah. <laughs> Let's go back now, back to the scripture. The Psalm verse 4 said, One generation commends your works to one another. They tell of your mighty acts. How do generations overlap and share the good news of Jesus Christ? That would be relationships and that would be in teachings. So let's start the youngest generation. Let's start with our children. They have all the same challenges as every generation. They want to be accepted. They want to be loved by others. They want people's trust. They want to learn, hopefully, about Jesus And they want healthy days. They are not immune to fevers and earaches, upset tummies, and doctor's appointments. They have their health issues. Okay, this is my time for the sermon joke. Okay, I'm going to give you a heads up. This is going to be funny, all right? (laughs) So my book is really a cool book. My husband found it. My husband's name is Rudd Holt. By the way, he's doing really well with his back surgery. World's greatest collection of church jokes. I don't know if Brad has this or not, but both of us will read a little bit in the evening and then I hear giggle, 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 and he's laughing at me, and giggle, giggle, and what's that one? Well, anyway, this is one of Rudd's joke. Thank you, Rudd. Four-year-old Brianna was at the pediatrician for a checkup. When the doctor looked in her ears, he asked, do you think I'll find Big Bird in there? And Brianna only giggled. Next, the doctor took a tongue depressor and looked down her throat. This time he asked, do you think I'll find the cookie monster down there? Brianna giggled again. Then the doctor put a stethoscope to her chest. As he listened to her heartbeat, he asked, do you think I'll hear Barney in there? Oh, no, Brianna said. Jesus is in my heart. Barney's on my underpants. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Rudd. Appreciate the joke. (laughs) Seriously, for our children, we applaud with bravos the responsible, creative, and knowledgeable instruction led by Aaron Colbert and by Sarah Merricks and the many volunteers, many of you that are in this house now. And bravo to the families bringing their children. We can't teach children unless moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas bring them to church. These kiddos witness the gathering for worship, Bible-related lessons during Treehouse Kids Sessions, They see families visit with others, smiling, and they're happy. They watch money being given in the offering. They see donations brought to the church for missions like they did recently with the Gatorade and snacks. All of this certainly is a huge T. And how about the R? This is with the children. 
I love watching our children run into the house and grab the arms of their parents and their grandparents. You see, it's been within my timing when I was a young parent that it was not kosher for a dad to hold his child in church. And it wasn't kosher to see a father kiss the forehead of his child as he was home. It just didn't happen. So when I see these little guys come running in and they swoop them up in their arms, it just warms me to pieces. This last week, a young girl, and I've asked permission, my sweet Hazel over there, I was leaving church. There she is. I was leaving church and their car was coming close enough and the window went down and Hazel goes, Miss Elder, Miss Estelle. Oops, I'm losing my voice here. Miss Estelle. Goodbye. That was the hugest impact for me that this little sweet girl that I have grown to love had the time and the willingness to holler out the window a greeting to me. Big generation gap, but she knew me because we had together become friends. And that same kind of relationship is something I hope all of you will do. I remember my boys loving my dad. Oh, they spent hours downstairs in dad's workshop, pounding nails into planks of wood. There's some teaching here. Don't hit your thumb, you know, with a, with a hammer. And don't try to poke your brother with the nail. And they sit on the front porch and watch the bluebirds. They watch them nest. And they check out the nest and see the eggs. And then they flew. Oh. And then mom and dad had a little makeshift garden in the back. And they had a big caged-in area of domestic blackberries. Ooh, no seeds, big berries. Doesn't take many to fill up a half cup to make that cobbler. But this was generations, all R-I-T, all in one. Dad was developing love and kindness and togetherness with the boys. And the impact they had on them was, was much. I think I have time to add one quick story. I remember... Um, Dad told Mark, this is my youngest, when he was, I don't know, seven years old, he was going to Hill City. He was on the swim team. He said, I tell you what, by the house, we'll pick a big bucket of blackberries, and you can take it down to the snack bar, and I'll bet you you can get some money for it and buy, buy lunch. Well, that didn't last. <laughs> he ate them all the way to the pool. So when he got there, all I had was an empty bucket. But it was, it was fun because they were doing this together. Okay, let's go to the next generation, which is youth and young adults. Timberlake has always set the activities of our young people as a top priority. We've had a variety of outstanding leaders and volunteers through the years. And today they are being led by Michaela Jacobs, who was just recently joined at the church, and Katina King, and also great volunteers. They all have a heart for our young disciples. The youth become more aware of themselves and others, their social skills and communication, responsibility and consideration of all come to the foreground. Our youth are taught about Jesus through confirmation class. That's when you go, whoop, whoop, there you go, all right. Mission trips, volunteer projects locally like the filling station, Bible studies, games, and volunteering at VBS, so much more. Every little event builds their hearts for Jesus. All right, let's move the clock up again. Let's calling all adults under 65. Are there a few in the house? Okay. Many of your years are filled with alarm clocks, tax returns, 
leading our children in science projects and book reports, helping children find their way socially, and with career training and loving Jesus. Relationships, so many. Life groups, Sunday school, feeding ministries, Parkview, committees and councils, vacation Bible school, picnics, choir, praise band, Wednesday and Thursday dinners. So many meet opportunities to meet one another, to make Christ-centered friends. The impact and the learning happen spontaneously. In our maturity, we welcome meeting new people and serving our God through church activities and programs. Let's go to the other scripture. Even when I'm old and gray, I got that. Do not forsake me, my God. Forsake means to abandon. Do not abandon me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. I'm going to read it all again. Even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. These would be the senior years, or maybe you call it the golden generation, or Dean said something last week about the winter season. Well, we're getting closer. It's fall, and then comes winter. A special lady exemplified these words to me, and an impact for always. How many remember Frances Hardy? There's a few hands. She was 93 when she met her Savior face-to-face. She witnessed to everyone anytime she had a chance. I was told she was sharing the love of Jesus to the EMT that was transporting her in the ambulance to the hospital. Talking about Jesus in the middle of her own health crisis. Intergenerational. She loved Jesus with every breath. That's a capital I. Probably the EMT doesn't know her name, may not remember, but I know there was an impact at that very moment. When she talked about, do you believe in Jesus? Is he your Lord and Savior? Do you, re- do you believe that he died on the cross? That was said. And I know a lot of you have had self-included doctor's appointments. And how wonderful it is that a doctor or a nurse, may I pray with you? And that's happening more and more now. As seniors, we have years and years of relationships. People we have met. Hopefully hundreds of times we have impacted someone. In uncountable times we have evangelized, taught someone about our father. We are grateful for the passion that Justine Kiger and her design team have to bless seniors, bringing them activities and fellowship once a month. They're called the owls, older, wiser, livelier senior. And we don't do an age check at the door. So if you're free and can come, I welcome you. That would be crossing generations if you're not a quota senior. So many adults in their later third of life enjoy retirement. A couple rounds of golf each week. Gather with friends to play bridge, go shopping. They're together to go to a concert or a dinner out. They spend time special with their children and their grandchildren. What a blessing in those later years. And as seniors, though, many of them struggle, usually more than other generations. Seniors, we have bigger calendars with big squares because we've got to put all those doctor's appointments on them. And they just, you start with one and then you've got four. There's follow-ups and catch-ups. We have problems hearing sometimes. 
sometimes we misunderstand because and we're too vain to say what did you say we don't walk as fast our feet just don't move as quickly it's harder to weed the flower beds and pick those tomatoes that are on the low level because it's hard to bend over arthritis breathing congestive heart failure how about a knee or hip replacement that's something to look forward to isn't it crowns and dentures we don't remember things as well not even maybe an hour or two later and we fear dementia is setting in our eyesight is failing and driving in the evening is very limited even age-related illness of people we love we say so we face the sadness of friends and relatives as they go to Jesus our tears and our grief they say aging isn't for sissies I guess it is what it is but you got to be strong you got to pursue you got to put one foot in front of the other to sometimes get through senior years let's go back to the Psalm 145 verse one generation commends your works to another they tell of your mighty acts seniors can share the love of Jesus their experience with answered prayers telling you about the understanding of the stories of the Bible because they've studied them more had more time to read and do more with them I need to wind back just a tad one generation must teach and make impacts with one another many seniors feel disconnected families get too busy they're not included on the vacation trip the big picture in front of the white or the sand with everybody's got the tan shorts and the white it doesn't happen with every family there's a lot of families that are just disconnected young people old people all of us talk to your parents talk to your grandparents call and ask about their day check on their health be sure they're okay send them a card a text just be there they miss you help them feel needed ask your grandma for the recipe on how to do a something rather than looking at Pinterest it made grandma feel so good well you got to stir it with a fork blah 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 or to you guys in the lawnmower is not running so well yeah ask dad what's going on well it might be just an easy spark plug but how much greatness that does dad to be able to give you some a little bit of advice turn to them they need to feel important they love you and just want to be loved back many seniors are very lonesome and feel less worth we have nearly 500 seniors within our church many of them cannot drive many of them cannot get the message online because they don't know how to maneuver the mechanics of it all we do have about 40 people that we mail every week the sermon the prayer concerns and also the devotions good thing if you have a relative or a friend who needs that mailing let me know if you are one right now and your heart says oh my gosh let me make a new friend Estelle give me a couple names and phone numbers I'll call some seniors just to say hello I have hundreds that would love just a little phone call I hope you'll keep that in mind R I T God's better than short-term memory every person is within a generation 
Every generation is dependent on all the others to get the maximum in life. And because we are the church, we must fortify each generation so that we remain the hands and feet of Jesus of a vibrant, growing church.